Welcome to the Skeptical Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Mike Mandry. I am a skeptic and a pastor. And here's the thing. I want to invite you into real and honest conversations about the questions and the doubts that we have about the Christian faith. Because I believe that when we have the real and honest conversations, we will find truth. And that when we find truth, we'll find the pathway to joy. So welcome to the conversation. Well, hello, my fellow skeptics. Oh, man, I I am so grateful that you are joining this conversation. I, I, you know, I've, I've been thinking back on all of the time we've spent together, and I'm just so grateful that that you are taking time out of your week. I, I know that time is the most valuable thing that we have, and I am honored that you would take time to be part of this conversation. So I hope that you are doing well. I know for me, I am doing so awesome. We just got back from spring break in Florida, and we as a family had an amazing time. And I know I don't talk a lot about my family on this show, but we just had an amazing time together. It's probably top three trips we've taken, and so we loved it. Here's the only downside is that I am losing my tan. I am losing my tan, and and I love my tan. I don't know what it is about the tan. I feel so much better when I'm tan. Like I just feel healthy. It's like literally I have a healthy glow in life. So we are going to do a different format again this week. Um, last time that we um, recorded, um, I actually met with my friend Adam. And, and if you haven't taken a listen to that, and I, and I know it's an hour and a half and it's long, and it's way longer than the 20 to 30 minutes we normally do here, but it is so great. I encourage you to listen to it. He is brilliant. He is smart and he is wise and he is loving. And that's just what I hope um, for all of us that, that we're able to do. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that. So the different format this week is I want to discuss a great article. Full disclosure, I did not even find this article. My friend from uh, my friend Ben from Threads actually found it. He um, sent it to me, and I thought, man, this is so awesome. At some time, I have to talk about this. And you know what? This is the perfect time. After coming back from Florida, um, I you know I didn't have the brain space to think through a lot of things. But and again, this is an amazing article. So this article is written by Natasha Crane, and I will have it linked down in the show notes. But um, the article is called Five Things to Do When You're Struggling with Faith Doubts. <laughs> and, and, I, and I saw the title. I was even like, oh, man, that is amazing. Now, here's the thing. You could go just read the article, and it'd be awesome. But I have a bonus six one for us. So I encourage you to continue in, in this conversation and be part of it. So the reason why I picked for us to talk through this article is that when we're skeptical, it's easy to feel stuck. I know for me, sometimes like I'm really good with being skeptical. I'm, I'm okay with my skepticism. But then I know there's other times that I just feel stuck. And, and that stuckness causes me to feel lost. I feel lost sometimes in this world. Um, I was just talking to a friend the other day, and I'm like, I have no camp in life. My doubts, the, the things I believe, really leave me with no camp. And, and that makes me feel lost. I feel lost in this world. And sometimes, like, I have a clear path forward, but sometimes I don't because I'm like, no one else is going down this path. Or it doesn't seem like anyone's going down this path. I should be honest because I think there's probably more 
there, there's probably more people going down this path as well. And yet, right, it's just me. It's just me not seeing other people, but it's hard to see the path forward and really causes confusion. It causes confusion for me. It causes me to go, huh, what way am I supposed to go forward? Really, like like if I boil it down, it's like I have doubts. Now what? Now what do I do when I have these doubts? And my guess is that you are there or you've been there or you'll be back there. And for some of you, maybe this is the first time you've really questioned your Christian faith. Maybe you've been a Christian for years and this um, podcast has helped you really break down and question your Christian faith. And and I want to say that's awesome, but I also know that if this is the first time, it can be scary for you as you're breaking down your faith. And so you're like, I have doubts. Now what? Now what do I do? So maybe you're there. Or maybe you, you're like a pre-Christian, like you're almost a Christian. Like you're like, I think I do, but I have doubts. Now what do I do with them as I'm moving forward? Or maybe you're a pastor or a church leader like me, and you're like, I have doubts. Now what do I do? Because it can be scary. Because you're like, I have doubts, and I don't know that people are okay with me having doubts. So I have doubts. Now what? So let's look at the five things to do when we're struggling with doubts from the article from Natasha. The first one, she says, is to search your doubt to find its root. And wow, like I just read that and I was just like, oh, like that is so important. I know for me that often when I have doubts, It's not the thing I have a doubt about that's really the cause. There is a deeper root to that. And I'm noticing more. I'm having more conversations with people about doubt and skepticism. Like It's like God has just placed people in my life to to talk about this. And and, and that's awesome. But I keep finding that the thing that they're questioning is not really the thing that they have a problem with. And I see that in them probably because I can see that in me as well. So let me give you an example. I have a problem with hell. I've had some um, good conversations with people about hell, and I just, I really struggle with the concept of hell. Hell does not seem fair to me. It, it, It doesn't seem fair. I don't get why I could go to heaven and other people could go to hell. And I get it, like like if you and I, we both heard heard the good news about Jesus, okay, like we're on the same playing field, like we've both had the opportunity to come to Jesus, but but there's people groups throughout the world and throughout the past who have never even heard about Jesus, and, and from what I can tell from reading in the Bible, if they don't believe in Jesus, they will be going to hell. And Honestly, that doesn't seem fair to me. And so I can sit there and be like, that's not fair. That's not fair. And and I can let that be my doubt. And I can say that is at the root of my doubt. But, but then that fairness is not really at the root. Like I've done some thinking through and really what's at the root of it is not being okay with God defining things. 
See, I think that I should define things. I think that my sense of justice should be what defines things. And yet what hell is, is hell is saying, God, really to me is saying, Mike, you don't get to define things. You don't get to define what is fair and what is just and what is unjust. I am God. I am God. I am the one who's in control. I'm the one who created everything. I am the one who sustains everything. I am the one who actually understands things. And so my problem is, God, I don't want you defining things. I want to be the one who can define things. So what about you? What is it that 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 doubt that you have that that you are just, man, you're like, you're struggling with, but but there's a deeper root. I want to encourage you to get to the root. I know like one thing of therapy, I've been in mental health therapy. Um, I just had something come up and, and, and I thought it was this issue. And you, what I found with the therapist is he really had me dig to the root, like really dig to the root. Like it was rooted in my childhood. And, and like we went back to my childhood. We went back to some painful memories, but we went back there and, and we were just really able to work through that. And, and I can tell you, man, it has helped me in so many ways. But I had to get to the root. And I want to encourage you with your doubts. You will never be able to truly deal with your doubts until you get to the root of your doubts, until you get to like the core. And it's going to be painful, just like therapy was for me of going deep into that. It is going to be painful for you to do that. But I want to encourage you at the end of the pain, once you get through the pain, you will find life. So that's the first one. Search your doubt to find its root. Journal. Do whatever it takes. So number two is to explicitly identify your alternative to Christianity. And again, this is such a good one. Natasha just nailed this on the head with this. It's so easy to like, well, this doesn't make sense about Christianity. Well, this doesn't make sense about Christianity. And you know what? You're right. There, there's some things that just don't make sense. As a human being, as a finite human being, some things about God and the universe and theology and the Bible and life just don't make sense. And I don't have all of the answers. And, and I don't think I'll ever have all of the answers. And I would say I'm okay with that, but I'm not because I like all, all of the answers. But But that's the reality. But it's so easy to be like, well, you know, here's the here's five problems with Christianity. But but a good question is, what is the alternative? If if I'm gonna throw out Christianity, what is the alternative? And I have to say, my friend Jason, like he he would not call himself a Bible scholar at all. He's a Christian, and and he's he's on the Threads podcast again. I think I'm gonna just link the Threads podcast, especially that um that um episode. But an episode they were talking with somebody who who was a Christian and left Christianity. Um, and he had he had concerns that are totally okay, totally legit concerns about Christianity. But Jason said, "Okay, so now you believe it's not God that created it. What is your answer?" And that was such a good question because, yes, right? There's doubts and questions about Christianity, but 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 what's our alternative? Like, are we just going to be an atheist? Are we going to be agnostic? Are we going to be uh, Muslim? Uh, or, 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 yeah, are, are we going to be all these things? 
and so I think just that it's important to say, okay, yes, I have problems, but is there anything better in the world? And if there's not, let's let's search for the answers in Christianity because it's there. So that's number two. So number one, search your doubt to find its root. Number two, explicitly identify your alternative to Christianity. Number three, evaluate your unmet expectations. Oh, oh man, like if this is not true in all areas of life, like, like I think for my marriage, like in marriage, for my marriage to be healthy and good, like I had to like evaluate what unmet expectations I had because like I'm human and I have expectations that are not right, that are too high, that are like lofty enough that no human being can meet them. And so, so if I want to have a good relationship with my wife, like I need to actually like evaluate what unmet expectations I have and then, and then deal with those. And it's the same thing with God. We can have expectations of God and that's not bad, but sometimes with those unmet expectations, we're putting expectations on God that, that, that God's like, no, like you can't expect it just because you want that doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to provide. I'm God. And, and, and like, that's just not how it works. And I think even with my son, you know, my son can have expectations of me um, that I will buy him the latest, latest and coolest gadget and thing. But I I don't promise him that I don't say this is what your life will be. And, and if he lives with that, if he doesn't evaluate the unmet expectation, he can grow to hate me. And like my, my dad doesn't love me. He, he never buys me anything. And, and he's not there, but, but, but if he was living in that way, that would be an unmet expectation. So same thing with Christianity, right? So what unmet expectation do you have about Christianity? Or really, like if we're going to put in first person, what unmet expectation do I have about Christianity? And so here's, here's mine. Like I, I didn't even plan. I was like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but here's mine. I have this expectation that if I serve God, that if I love God, that if I do the right thing most of the time, that if I seek to live this Christianity thing, that God will make my path smooth. That is my expectation, is that my life will go smooth and well, and, and everything will just be roses and sunshine and rainbows and all of these things. That is my expectation that I have about Christianity. That's just what I what I normally live. Now, it's hard to admit that, but that's normally how I live with God. That's a very transactional. God, if I do this, then I expect you to do all of these things. That is what you should do. So that's, okay, evaluate unmet expectations. The first way to do that is what unmet expectations do I have about Christianity? Second thing when we evaluate is to say, what does the Bible say about that expectation? And... <laughs> Wow. Like when I read that for me, I'm like, oh, like seriously, like, oh man, like what the Bible says about my expectation <laughs> is like, Mike, that is the, <laughs> Mike, you have a terrible expectation. Yes, Mike, I do pour out blessings on those who love me, but, but it's not like smooth sailing. It's not riches in this world. It's not all these toys that I want. And it's not like my life is smoother than a non-Christian's. I'm, I'm actually going through the Sermon on the Mount for uh, for a trip we're going to take with our high school students. And one of the things that it says, one of the things Jesus says is, you know, uh, our Heavenly Father causes the sun to rise on the good 
and the evil. He sends rain, so prosperity, on the righteous and unrighteous. I'm like, oh, man, my expectation is totally blown with that. And so that that is my <laughs> what God says about my expectation. So again, what ex one what unmet expectation do you have about Christianity? And then what does the Bible say about that expectation? And then the last one, and I really don't like this question because it's right and it's true and it's ugh, it's frustrating. It's this. How does my expectation compare to what the Bible says I should expect? And so the Bible says I should expect that God is going to send his reign on his prosperity on the righteous and unrighteous. But he goes a step farther. He says that because I follow him, I can expect persecution. I can expect pain. I can expect people to say things against me and insult me and persecute me. And I'm like, holy moly. But again, it's so important because I know, again, doubts can creep into my mind when things are going bad. I don't I don't know if you've had this, but I've, I've had seasons like and not just like a week or a month. It's like three months to a year where things just aren't going right. And it seems like everything is going wrong. And I know for me, that is when my faith can most suffer, when I just really start to live in a world of doubt and I get stuck in my doubts, not like a good doubt where I'm like questioning, like I should really question through this. It's no, it's like, I'm like, God, like you ah," and all these things. And I can just be in a place where I'm stuck spiritually. So again, I want you to evaluate your unmet expectations of God. It will do so much to help you get unstuck. It'll help you have doubts and skepticism in a healthy way because I know as I do that, it helps me. Number four, she says, be honest with yourself about the nature of truth. Oh, man. So I think I talked about this. I don't know what episode that was in and what conversation it was. But often with Christianity, with faith, we say things must be beyond all doubt. So we live in this world where like our standard for actually truth in every other area is beyond a reasonable doubt. But for some reason, in when we evaluate Christianity in general, we say, well, it has to be beyond all doubt. And, and, and we don't hand that to even the atheist. The atheist can't prove anything beyond all doubt. And, and showing my cards here, I don't think atheists can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that God doesn't exist, that everything just happened naturally, that the Big Bang um, formed and creates things and sustains things. But we put this on God. And so sometimes when we're in the truth and we're presented with truth, when we wrestle with truth, we we are presented with beyond reasonable doubt. And we're like, no, I still have a little bit of doubt. And so as we're stuck, like, are we putting the expectation and this faith thing that we put on nothing else? Again, like I, I, before I sit in this chair, like I look at it and beyond reasonable doubt that this chair won't collapse under me, but I, I don't go beyond all doubt when I'm driving, um, beyond a reasonable doubt that I will be safe, but, but it's not beyond all doubt because otherwise I would never drive. And so we need to be honest with ourselves about the nature of, of truth. So again, are you being honest? Am I being honest? 
Are we being honest with the nature of truth? So that's number four. Number five, to pray. (laughs) And I know this is the last thing you want to hear. So I was talking with my wife. I was just like, hey, I'm going to go through this article. She's like, you know, somebody who is really in doubts, the last thing they want to do is pray. And she is so right. It's the last thing we want to do, but it's the first thing we should do. So my church does this podcast, and there was a guest on there, and he was just talking about how he had some struggles with the Bible and, and, and like legit struggles. And there's legit things to struggle with the Bible. And and what he said just stuck out to me. And, and as, as I'm thinking through this and thinking through this, prayer was a huge part for him of saying, okay, God, I have these doubts and questions. Like he had a notebook full of doubts and questions that he had and questions about the Bible and things that didn't make sense. And he prayed and he just talked about how he just, it answered so many things. And sometimes it didn't answer it, but it just drew him close to God and going, I'm okay with not understanding that. So that again, for me too, sometimes I just don't get it. And I'm just like, God, here is, here's what I'm struggling with. And, and, and here's what that is. And I just find sometimes I get answers, but often I get God and it's just like, nope, you know what? I am not God. I don't need to understand that. So that is Natasha's five ways, was it five things to do when you're struggling with faith doubt. So let's go through them. First is search your doubt to find its root. So important. Number two, explicitly identify your alternative to Christianity. Third is to evaluate your unmet expectations. Number four, be honest with yourself about the nature of truth. Number five, pray. And what we've been waiting for, the drum roll. Now, um, number six, this is my bonus, is keep searching for truth. Oh, man, how do I put this? We're in a world right now where it's cool to deconstruct things. I've seen so many of my fellow Christians and even fellow um, pastors and church leaders deconstruct faith to break it down, to say, this is the faith I grew up with. Here's all the problems with that. And that's fine. Like, I think it's important to, to deconstruct, to break things down. But there's really more to it than that. We can't just leave a pile, like in any area of life, that leads us to not finding truth and joy and life and, and the things we want. So we need to keep searching for truth when we're in those just having doubts and when we're stuck. Keep searching for truth. So I encourage you, listen to a podcast. There are so many podcasts out there. Like there's ones beyond mine. Like one, again, comes to mind. I keep mentioning it in this episode. Like I should get paid by them now. They've been such awesome friends and helped me so much with this podcast. But it's the Threads podcast. They, again, they bring things on. They bring guests on. That They just really deal with things there. So I encourage you um, to check out them, to check out other one, uh, other podcasts. Um books. There are so many books that deal with Christianity and doubts in the thing. So one is like a cold case Christianity. Um, there's a case for Christ. There's other books. There's books that I'm still getting and reading because I think it's so important um, to keep evaluating, to keep searching. 
Um, the next one is is the Bible. <laughs> and, and maybe you don't want to read the Bible when you're having doubts about it, but I want to encourage you, stay in the Bible. It's amazing that the more we read it, the more we understand or the more we're okay with going, okay, like God is beyond this. Like I, I'll, I will read the book of Job. Just talking to a friend about the book of Job and like the beginning, like you can like consort, like consort. I don't know if that's the right word. You can like get Job and you're there and you're reading it. But at the end, Austin God is like, where were you when I set the foundations of the world? Oh, can you tell me this? Can you tell me this? And it's like, you get to it and you're like, Oh, like, yeah, like sometimes I have complaints about God, but like I wasn't there when, <laughs> when God was there and doing that. Um, I, I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, the Bible, keep reading it. You'll understand more about God. Um, the next one is pastors. Now, again, there's some pastors who really are okay with questioning, and you might have to evaluate that out, but pastors can be really good ones to to talk to with the doubts and the questions that they have. And lastly, you can talk with me. Whether whether you know me personally right now, I would encourage you, if you have doubts and questions and, and you want to wrestle through that, please come to talk to me. Like I, I want to talk with you about the doubts and the questions that you have about the Christian faith and continuing on. And if you don't know me, send an, send, send an email or a direct message in social media, and I'll seriously send you my phone number. We can text or we can call. Um, we can FaceTime. I don't care what it is. I would love to talk with you about it because again, we, we want to, I want you to keep searching for the truth. And if you just have, I have all these questions and complaints about Christianity and no one else will listen to me. Seriously, hit me up, call me, um, well, direct message me if you don't know me and then call me or text me and we'll talk through this. I, I, I it's just so important to keep searching for truth. I want, I want to leave us with this. I felt very pastoral with this is it's important through all this, through this whole discussion to banish shame and guilt. Because I know that as we search, as we question, guilt and shame can pop up. I have this all the time. The more I've been doing this podcast, I'm like, man, I I carry the shame and guilt of I shouldn't be having these questions and doubts. I shouldn't be questioning this much. Because um, I'm a leader in a church, and I teach students, I teach adults in in some areas, and like how 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 am I that and have these questions and doubts? And I know that guilt and shame can pop up. So I know for you, guilt and shame will pop up. I've talked, you know, other Christians like I have all these doubts and questions, and I'm ashamed to have them. And it's like no, like that's good. That that that's totally okay to have those. So I want to encourage you, banish them, get rid of them, say, you know, Satan, this is a lie straight from you. Because it is. It's a ploy of Satan to say, if we have questions, then we are bad Christian and God doesn't love us and we should just run away from it. But here's the thing is you aren't a bad Christian or, or person for having doubts and questions about Christianity. Like like if, if you're pre-Christian or post-Christian or whatever and you have doubts and questions, that doesn't make you a bad person. I think that actually makes you a good question or a good person for for having those doubts and questions. And so if you're a Christian, you have doubts and questions. I want to say you're a good Christian for that. You are searching it. And I have to say this carefully. I would rather work with Christians who have doubts and questions than those who pretend to have none and don't engage in it. I find that those have those who have doubts and questions engage their faith at a much deeper level. And so I want to encourage you, if, if you have those, 
keep naming them. Keep doing that because you're a good Christian. You're doing that. I just want you to know, too, that, that God loves you, that, that in the midst of doubts and questions, God loves you. I think with my son, when he has doubts, when he has questions, it may frustrate me because I'm human, but I love him. And, and his questions and doubts don't change that. I want you to remember that God is patient. God is a much better father than we have ever had on earth. And so maybe you have a very patient father, but imagine somebody even more patient. Imagine somebody who just is so patient, is there just just tender, maybe with hands a little bit open, just saying, oh, you know what? I'm here for you as you figure it out. Know that God is a gracious God. He is so gracious. He is he is so kind. He he just wants us to fall in love with him and follow him. And he is gracious in his patience and his love and his kindness. And lastly, God wants you to wrestle. I, I, I don't know where we got this false narrative that that we can't wrestle, that God doesn't want us to wrestle. And yet I think of Jacob, like Jacob wrestled God all night and, and God blessed him out of that. Yes, yes, he, he put him with a limp. So there was a mark that he wrestled with God, which I think is really cool. We can get into that sometime. But God wrestled with him and God blessed him out of that wrestling. And I think sometimes we don't get the blessing of truth and joy and happiness because we won't wrestle with God. So just know God wants you to wrestle with him. So that's what we do when we are stuck in doubts and questions. So as as we close here, I, I want to ask a favor of you. And and I hate to do this. I'm so Dutch, like and Dutch don't like to ask favors, but I want to ask a favor of you. Will you help me help others? My heart of these conversations is is to help others. It's not to be famous. It's not for people to be like, Mike, you're awesome. It, it is nice when people have a nice comment about it, but here's the thing, the heart of it, the reason why I want to continue to have these conversations is I want to help people. I know for me in my life, I had so many questions and doubts about the Christian faith growing up. I would constantly ask why, why, why? And to be honest, there was only one or two people in my whole middle school and high school and even college who really were okay with me having those questions and would have those discussions. And I know it left me a little disenfranchised and it made me frustrated. And and, and lately, I've just come across people. What really got me to start these conversations of this podcast is just more and more people saying, I have these doubts, I have these questions, and no one wants to talk about them and no one wants to engage them. And so I'm like, well, I want to help people because I'm there. I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm a youth pastor and I still have doubts and questions and I question and I ask God and I wrestle with God. And so I was like, well, you know what? What a better way than making a podcast. And so that's my heart. I want to help others with that. And so I hope it's been helpful for you and continues to be helpful. So can you help others? Can you share this? Can you share this on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter? As you listen to this, will you share it in just a little bit about how it helps you? I know that will help more people join this conversations, more people to be helped with this, people in your life. You would be surprised how many people have doubts and questions and are skeptical of Christianity and need a spot to talk about it. So will you do that? 
And will you rate and review this on Apple Podcast? I don't know why it's just Apple, but Apple's the place where where the ratings help the most. It helps other people see this conversation, helps them be able to join this conversation. So thank you in advance for even considering doing this. Again, it is an honor to to spend time with you. I am so honored that you would take time out of your day, your night to have this conversation with me. And remember, don't stop searching for truth because this podcast doesn't end the conversation. It only begins it. So welcome to the conversation.